But what's interesting about responsiveness, and, and the report really bears this out, is that if you are fast, if you are faster than your competitors, if you are as fast or faster than your customers expect, it will create revenue. It will not only create new customers in the painter example, but it will keep the customers you've already earned. So this is not just like, hey, spend more money on customer service so that we can be faster. This is, hey, get faster throughout your business and you will actually make more money, right? This isn't an expense. This is an actual investment. And listen, if you're saying, hey, should we hire more salespeople or figure out a way for our current sales team to be faster? I would advise the latter. Helping you create loyal customers and loyal employees all through the power of simplicity. This is the Simple Brand Podcast, now heard around the world, including Richmond, Texas. I'm your host, Matt Lyles, and this week I'm talking with Jay Bear. Jay's one of the world's top 30 global gurus in customer service and online marketing and is a Hall of Fame keynote speaker. He's the author of six best-selling books and he's the second most popular tequila influencer in the world. Now that's a side hustle that everyone at parties actually wants to hear about. Jay and I discuss insights from his latest research study, The Time to Win, the 2022 Consumer Patient Study. It's all around brand speed and consumer patience. Spoiler alert, customers have less patience today than ever before. And if they have to wait on your brand, they won't be your customers for very long. But just how fast do you need to be? And is there such a thing as being too fast in your customer experience? You'll learn all that and more in this discussion. So here it is. Here's my interview with Jay Bear. Hey, Jay. Welcome to the show. I'm fantastic, Matt. Delighted to be here. Ready to make some magic. Oh, yes. Loving this. And what an interesting and what a cool resolution for people to start, for businesses to start in this year, um, focusing on being faster and focusing on speed and responsiveness. Well, I'll tell you, the correlation between responsiveness and revenue is unmistakable. It has been true for a long time. My new research suggests that it's more true than ever. And I tell you, what's interesting is that the pandemic really changed the way we think about speed and responsiveness. Like in the pandemic, we sort of realized that we're not promised anything and that time is precious. And we all have 1,440 minutes a day. And that's all we're ever going to have. You can't buy more. You can't get more. Time and is the only inelastic resource. We all share it equally. And I think one of the things we discovered is that, man, how we spend our time is really, really important. And, and consequently, I would argue that speed is more important than it has ever been. You know, all these other trends we're talking about in business, whether it's quiet quitting or the great resignation or work from home or leisure travel, all of that is really just one trend, which is that we care more about our time and how we spend it. So the, the brands that win are going to be those that help us uh, get back that time, right? I mean, look, if you, if you are faster than your customers expect you to be, what it feels like to your customers is that they've been given a gift, a, a gift of time. Conversely, if you are slower than your customers expect you to be, it feels like you are stealing their time. Consequently, if you can consistently be slightly faster than your customers expect and anticipate, 
they will reward you. They will reward you with revenue. They'll reward you with loyalty. They'll reward you in all the ways you want to be rewarded. And, and, and the data bears that out pretty clearly. So do you think that it's being faster than just your competitors? Well, that certainly helps. Uh, being faster than your competitors is certainly a good place to start. And, and while certainly the idea of being faster throughout the entire customer journey, whether it's how, how long does it take to get a, a product, how long does it take to get delivery, how long does it take to pay or to ask a question, there's lots of different customer interactions, all of which could probably be faster in many cases. But I think it's overly reductive, Matt, to say that the advice is just be faster because that's not necessarily true. There are scenarios in which you can be too fast, right? Right. So you ever go to like a Mexican food place and you order enchiladas and like 90 seconds later, somebody brings you enchiladas and you're like, bro, wait a second. Like (laughs) nobody can make enchiladas this fast. Is there like an enchilada machine? Did somebody else like send these back and they've been up on that hot counter waiting for somebody else to order them? Uh, Just the whole thing seems very suspicious. So at some point, being too fast actually reduces trust. So you don't want to be fast for fast sake. That doesn't really add up. But what you do want is what I call the right now. And the right now is the perfect amount of time in every customer interaction. The right now. And the right now is essentially slightly faster than customers expect. That's what you're shooting for. Slightly faster than they expect. So how do you find out what that right now point, that right now time is? Yeah, it's a great question. It's going to differ by business. It's going to differ by by industry. It'll differ in a lot of circumstances. So there is no, I, I can't tell you it's an hour because it totally depends. But what you first want to figure out is how long does it take you today? And this is the part, Matt, that drives me crazy. I work with so many businesses and I say, great, guys, um, cool. How long does it take you to answer a customer question today? How long does it take you to deliver a sofa today? How long does it take you to invoice customers today? And what I hear invariably is this. Well, Jay, usually it takes, and I said, I didn't ask you that. I didn't ask for a collection of stories and anecdotes. I asked you, how long does it take? What is the median? What is the mean? What is the average? What's the outlier? And they never know. They don't track it. They don't have any idea. So it's hard to say you want to be faster if you don't know how fast you are now. So that's step one, is to actually figure out, like, what is your actual speed in all these different customer interactions now. Then what you want to do, Matt, is take one of them. Let's just say you're in the furniture business and you want to try and speed up deliveries. Let's say we want to make furniture deliveries 20% faster. So you figure out how to do that. Does that require another truck? Does it require more people? Does it require internal process? Whatever it requires. Then you do that. And then you measure the impact of that change on, on revenue, on loyalty, on customer satisfaction. May require some light survey work. You prove that business case and then you say, okay, what else can we get faster at? Can we get faster at how we invoice customers for their sofa, et cetera? So you can't do this all at once. It's impossible because each customer interaction is really its own project. Getting faster at delivery and getting faster at invoicing are similar in that they're both about speed, but that's the only way they're similar, right? So you almost have to have a collection of projects that you tackle one at a time. Yeah. And it seems like each one of those interactions, a customer may have more care in some of those interactions and they may have different expectations with some of those interactions. That's it. Yeah. And one of the best things you can do is ask them what they expect. The challenge is sometimes they don't know. Right. 
right? It's more of a feel than any than, than an actual like their ability to define it mathematically. That's been my experience. Like it would be easier if you just say, hey, customers, um, how long do you expect it to take to get a sofa? Like you could ask them that and you'll get data, but I don't find it to be terribly reliable. Um, you know, sort of like the old Henry Ford, if you ask people what they wanted, they say a faster horse. And so I think it's easier to test it than it is to ask them ultimately. Um, but but your mileage may vary depending on what kind of business you're running. Right. Yeah. And so, like, you know, a furniture business is going to be quite different from a fast food joint. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, fast food joints have a tough because it's actually in the name. Right. right. I mean, it's, it's it's called fast food. So you you, you better be uh, you better be quick about it. But there are some there are some that are really, really great. Like um, my favorite example in that category is Pal's Sudden Service. It's yeah. uh, it's 120 or so uh, restaurant chain based in Tennessee. And their average time from the time you 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 speak your words into the drive through to the time they hand the sack out the window. Right. Is like under 30 seconds. That's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. That that is way, way, way faster than McDonald's, than Burger King, than Arby's, than Wendy's and everybody. And you think, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're super quick. I bet you they got all kinds of issues and you ordered onion rings, you're getting fries. No, turns out not only are they the fastest in the industry, they're also by far the most accurate. So this idea that speed equals, um, you know, if if you're really fast, that will create operational challenges. It's not true. Right. You just got to get your act together. It sounds like speed is the priority, but yeah. you've still got to provide that uh, the optimal ideal experience, whether that's, you know, accuracy or whatever else. Sure. I mean, there's scenarios like like the enchiladas, right, where where speed is not everything. You don't want the fastest eye surgeon, right? You don't want the fastest tattoo artist like their <laughs> fastest divorce attorney. Like there's lots of circumstances where raw speed is not an advantage. Fast food, I would argue, is one of those, as long as they get your order right. 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 If you give it to me in 20 seconds, but you give me something that I didn't order, it doesn't matter how fast it is. Right. So so it's it's how fast can you be and still deliver quality? That's the map. And that's why this idea of the right now is so important, because, yes, of course, we can get faster. We should get faster. Being faster creates revenue. All of those things are true. But it's too simple to just say, get faster, right? There's more to it than that. Right. And so it sounds like once you understand your customer's expectation of the right now speed, I think it's possible that their expectations may still change over time. So I don't oh, think it's course. just a, it's, it's not just to set it and forget it, right? Oh, my God. I mean, look, of all the dimensions of customer experience, speed and responsiveness is the one that changes the most and the most often. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that if you wanted to go somewhere, you would call a taxi and they would pick you up sometime between one minute and one year. And you didn't know how long it would take to come to you. You didn't know how long it would take to get to the place you were going. You didn't have any idea what it would cost you. Right. And all of that has changed in in a relatively short period of time, right? It wasn't that long ago. It was the 18, late 1800s when the U.S. government issued the very first contract for the Pony Express. And the Butterfield Stage Company got the contract to deliver mail from St. Louis, Missouri to San Francisco, California. And their service level agreement, they promised to deliver the mail within 25 days. 
We guarantee 25. We guarantee 25 day mail delivery and people were freaking out, made all the papers. This is incredible. What a country, right? Uh, you know, that's, you know, it's late 1800s, but that, you know, still things change very quickly. So yes, the, the thing about speed and responsiveness is you're never done. So you shouldn't think about it that way in your company. You shouldn't think about it as a project. You should think about it as a process that has no end. date. Right. Yeah. So always testing and always uh, talking with and listening to your customers. Yeah. Well, one thing I know, because I've been doing this a long time, your customers will never go backwards in their speed expectations. Like no customer has ever said, other than if maybe they get too fast of a tattoo, uh, nobody's ever said, hey, you know, it's okay if you guys just do that more slowly. Bring me my sofa when you get around to it. Like those words are never spoken. It's always faster, right? So you've got to find ways to kind of shave time off. In a lot of circumstances, it's not about being externally quick. It's not about adding people. It's not necessarily about adding software. I mean, some of that's true, but but a lot of times it's internal process. What slows a lot of businesses down is the internal handoffs, right? It's having to work with Julie and Julie's out sick or this other department and they're slow because they're they can't find the file or like whatever the drama is. A lot of times what makes you slow outwardly to customers is that you're slow inwardly working with each other. Yeah, that's it. And um, so uh, we're, we're talking today, end of December, and the, the news headlines for the past week has been Southwest Airlines. Yeah. And initially, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, it's, it, it, it's weather related and that's why. But you've had a number of Southwest Airlines employees that have come out and said, no, here's what's happening. You have frontline employees. You have pilots. They're all sitting there waiting to be called, like waiting to move to this place or, or this place to help serve the customers. And it turns out, or at, at least the, the message right now, is that it sounds like there was a lack of investment for a number of years to update the infrastructure that helps communicate between these teams. That's it. The internal process of, of assigning personnel and tracking personnel uh, is broken. It collapsed. And this is exactly what I'm saying, that you've got to get your internal systems aligned in order to be externally quick. Now, I have some sympathy for Southwest leadership in, in that trying to you know, onboard a new system that touches literally every employee is very, very difficult because you're essentially pinstriping a moving car. And yeah ain't easy, right? So I get it. I understand where you're like, man, I don't really want to tackle that job. But of course, now it has to be tackled whether they want to or not. Right. And and it's expensive. It's super expensive. Sure. Yeah, but how expensive is it now? How expensive is is uh, is replacing luggage and buying hotel rooms for, you know, you know, tens of millions of people? And not to mention that, you know, massive reputational damage. My buddy Scott McCain had a really interesting article he wrote on his LinkedIn page yesterday. And he said, look, name me another brand in U.S. history that has gone from being on lots and lots and lots of people's sort of best brand list to essentially being a laughingstock in two days. And the only example I could think of, Matt, in my life um, is the Tylenol scare back in the day, right? When when Tylenol was tampered with and everybody like, don't take Tylenol. Like that's about the only comp I could come up with. Like it's pretty hard to to essentially, um, you know, ruin your entire reputation in, in, uh, in two nights. Well, and I think with increased customer expectations, like we're talking about you know, here in 2023, I think that those customer demands, that that can help accelerate uh, a, a brand's downfall. 
Oh, no question. Uh, there, you know, people don't, as we said, right, the, the catalyst for all this research that I did, uh, which is at the time to win.com is, is this notion that we care more about speed than ever before. And, and people just don't tolerate it anymore, right? They, they just won't, they won't give businesses a pass and, and maybe they shouldn't, but they won't. And furthermore, this has huge economic consequences when you're not fast enough. And what's challenging about it in business is that when you're not fast enough, it's largely invisible to the company. I'll give you an example. Last week, I was at a mastermind meeting with some friends of mine, and there's four of us there, and we're in this hotel. We're getting ready to grab lunch. And somebody said, hey, let's just get room service. And another guy said, no, don't, because I got room service yesterday, and it took forever. Let's just go to the restaurant across the street. That'll be faster. So that's what we did. Now, you have four guys, hungry um, you know, have some disposable income. That would have been a $200 room service tab for sure. Oh yeah. And it was zero, zero for that hotel, zero dollars. And that's invisible to them. That doesn't show up on any report. It doesn't show up on any spreadsheet. There's no managers meeting about that. They lost $200 because they were slower the day before. And that is invisible to them. Furthermore, uh, recently I got a painter for the house here called three painters as one does get some bids. First painter called me in four hours, which is awesome. Second painter called me the next day. Third painter called me in two days. Well, which painter did I hire? Yeah, the, the, the one who called me first. Yeah. Wasn't the least expensive. In fact, was the most expensive. But if it takes them a long time to get back to you before they have your money, how long is it take them to get back to you once they already have your money? And so I hired the first one as, as is commonplace. But here's the deal. Painter number two and painter number three who didn't get the business, they don't know why. And what will happen in most cases is they will think, oh, man, we got underbid again. So they'll have a meeting and say, man, we put out 25 bids last month, but we only got six. We must, we're going to have to lower our price. So the next time they lower their price, but they're still too slow. So they're like, man, we got to get even more. We got to get even more lean. They lower their price again and they still don't get their business. So all they're doing is giving away their profits. And the issue was never price. It was only responsiveness. And this kind of thing happens all the time. When you're not fast enough, it costs you money and it's largely invisible. And I really want businesses to understand this. With the painters, did, did these other two painters come back and ask you, say, hey, I, I understand you went with somebody else, but I'd, I'd love to know what it was that made you decide to go with somebody else. Was it price? Nope. Was it something else? Didn't ask any questions. And so now they're going on their own assumptions. Everybody like always assumes it's price always assume it's price. It's, it's, nobody ever wants to think it's their operations, their reputation, their responsiveness. They always think it's price. Wow. Wow. Well, and so that just speaks to the value of talking to and listening to your customers or your potential customers. I mean, you think about car dealers. There's a reason why car dealers are really good at this. They're annoyingly good at it. Like if you go online and say, hey, I'm interested in a whatever car, like they will text you while you're still hands on keyboard. Like they are like, lightning fast. And it's because they actually understand how this works. They right. understand, as do realtors in many cases, that the first one to respond is disproportionately likely to get the business, right? It is, it is worth aligning their operations to be able to do that. And a lot of other businesses are just not set up to do it yet. All right. So we, we've, we've established this. We, we have less patience with brands than before. 
But when we break it down among different age demographics, there's some surprising information on who's more or less patient than others. So can you talk about that? And it blew me away. So I've written six books and every single book had something about speed in it. This is a topic I've been interested in a long time. This is the first time I've done an entire report devoted only to speed and responsiveness. And so I thought I knew all this, right? I thought like, yeah, I know what this report's going to tell me. No, did not. Uh, In particular, as you alluded to, turns out that Gen Z, the youngest consumers, are the most patient. And baby boomers, the oldest consumers, are the least patient. And I, as I think is true for most people, expected the exact opposite to be the case. Uh, I've got two Gen Z folks here in my family. Uh, You know, obviously they grew up with technology and they grew up in a world where everything happens in 10 seconds. Um, They've never had to use postage. Uh, And, and, you know, they just figured that would be the case. But nope, they're, they're okay if it takes a little longer. And the baby boomers are like, nope, I want it right now. Now, is that because the baby boomers have less time left? I don't know. That feels kind of maudlin and sad, but maybe. I don't know. Maybe they just feel like their time is more important because they've got more things going on. I don't know why this is true, but it is very true. When I saw that information, I, I was surprised too. I was like, well, that, that, that's the opposite of what I would yes. expect. But if you look at the past couple of years and you see how more and more retail stores uh, or, or people are showing retail confrontations where customers are confronting retail employees, a lot of times it appears to be baby boomers that are doing this. So maybe there's just less patience overall. And it's a really good point. I didn't thought about that, but that's a really interesting idea that you don't see a lot of Gen Z Karens. Uh, you know, they yeah. just, they're just like not into it. Like, yeah, whatever, it'll be fine. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's fascinating. And I, and I talked to my kids about it after the report came out. I said, Hey, does, how does this sit with you? Like, yeah, like, you know, it's annoying if we don't get things when we want, but you know, it'll be okay. It's like, wow, what a refreshing perspective. Yeah. Well, and I've got uh, well, one, one Gen Z kid and, and one other that is either Gen Z or the next generation. I'm not sure yet, but they're kind of the same way. It's, they're like, you know, yes, that's annoying. I'm not going to pitch a fit about it, but also I'm going to make a different decision on where I spend my money in the future. I'm just not going to throw a fit. Yeah, that's, and that's exactly right. The data bears that out, that it's not, yes, they may be annoyed, but instead of, instead of, you know, creating some sort of scene, they're just like, okay, we'll just, we'll just give somebody else my money next time. Yeah. Well, so now we think about, you know, all the technology available that helps brands today, um, you know. Chatbots, AI, online chat. I'm curious, how should technology play into brands' speed and responsiveness? Is it is it simply just having the technology do the work? No. Certainly, technology can help you. Um, there are certain contact mechanisms, for example, that that can be more efficient and can be faster. Chatbots, text messages, etc. Messaging apps. But the technology is is not the answer. Um, having a process internally is is the answer, and having a a scheme inside your organization that allows information to move quickly between departments as as necessary. If if the chatbot doesn't have the answer, and it takes forever to get the answer internally, the chatbot is useless. It's not any faster, right? So, just like in the Southwest example, like they've got technology, it just fell apart, right? So. Um, the other thing that's fascinating in the research is we found, yes, there's lots of different ways to contact a business. 
uh, you know, email and social and all other things. But when customers really have to get a hold of businesses, three quarters of them prefer phone, telephone, three in four across all age groups. If I really got to get a hold of a business, what do I want to use? I want to use a telephone, which is kind of amazing, actually, because in so many cases, businesses have underemphasized telephone. Frontier Airlines, speaking of airlines, not yeah. long ago, unplugged the phone. Like, you can't call us anymore. Sorry, we ain't going to do that anymore. And I'm like, wow, well, that seems interesting, considering my research says that's the exact opposite of what you should do. So we'll see how that bears out. So the hard part for business is that customers choose contact mechanisms based on scenario, perceived urgency, and based on their own comfort with that technology. So this idea that you can kind of gently nudge customers into the contact channels that you prefer, like we really prefer you to use email. Customers don't care. They're going to use whatever they want. And, and so you kind of have to be fast everywhere. And I understand that's that's a difficult assignment. It is, yeah. But, you know, but that that goes back to putting the customer first instead of putting yourself or your infrastructure or your processes first. Look, man, I've done a lot of work on on <laughs> chatbots and and that whole conversational marketing world and worked with a lot of businesses in that in that category. The reality is the technology can be great, especially with with some new AI stuff. But in almost every case, the company is adopting this technology to save them money, not to improve customer outcomes. Like it's an efficiency investment, not a customer experience investment. So that's, the, you know, like, why are we doing this? Are we doing this so the customer enjoys it more? Or are we doing it so we can save money? Now, they're not necessarily mutually incompatible. But let's be honest about what is the rationale for some of this technology. And it's not necessarily right. for enhanced customer uh, experience. Yeah, that, that goes back to where a lot of companies tend to prioritize investments. You know, like sometimes like companies will prioritize customer acquisition over customer attention. They yeah. will prioritize their own efficiency over customer retention, where it seems like customer retention is your best investment. Well, I'm, that's been proven a million times, right? That a customer kept is, is the best kind of customer you can, you can ever invest in. But what's interesting about responsiveness, and, and the report really bears this out, is that if you are fast, if you are faster than your competitors, if you are as fast or faster than your customers expect, it will create revenue. It will not only create new customers in the painter example, but it will keep the customers you've already earned. So this is not just like, hey, spend more money on customer service so that we can be faster. This is, hey, get faster throughout your business and you will actually make more money, right? This isn't an expense. This is an actual investment. And listen, if you're saying, hey, should we hire more salespeople or figure out a way for our current sales field to be faster? I would advise the latter. Maybe it's focus on retaining your customers and here's how. Okay, right. The first how is get faster. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the first how. Uh, and then there's some a lot of other nuances to, to that. But if you can't at least meet their speed expectations, the other parts of it are going to be way too hard. Right. If you can't yeah. get faster, you got no business trying to be more empathetic. If you can't get faster, you've got no business trying to be omnichannel. Right. Like, you know, at some level, this is table stakes. Um, but unfortunately, it's actually not. Yeah. So so speed comes first. Yeah, well, 
not only not only I think does it have the greatest impact on your business, um, the data show that that customers care about it the most. Yeah, that, that that's their highest uh, priority, highest expectation. Yeah. Well, and you've developed a system of actions that brands can take to instill their business to succeed with speed. Um, the time to win system. So yeah. can you can you share those actions? Well, I mean, the first thing you got to do is is actually understand um, <laughs> understand how fast you are today, right? I mean, and that's the part that, as we talked about a little bit earlier, right. uh, businesses just don't know, right? They they have a vague understanding of how long it takes them to do things. So that's that's the first step. Is we call it a got it audit. Is to figure out how long does it take to do all these things now. That's step one. Second step is to reduce variability. So a lot of times, what happens is that yes, usually it takes us about this long. But then sometimes it takes way longer because something happens or we don't have the part or, you know, somebody's out sick or whatever. The challenge is when that customer experiences it and it takes three days instead of one day, they have no idea that it usually takes one day. They only experience the three days. Good. The room service story. Good example, right? So if it took an hour and 20 minutes to get room service that one time, maybe it was because the oven broke. Maybe it's because Bob, the room service delivery guy, was out sick. We don't know why. But if room service usually takes half an hour, but it took an hour 20, as the customer, I got no idea about that. I only know the hour 20. So that's my new expectation, my new perception. So you've got to reduce variability. You're better off being slightly slower, actually, and being more consistent than you are being way faster, but sometimes not. Southwest is a good example of that. Um, That's that's definitely... We, we've seen that uh, in, in action uh, here very, very clearly in the recent past. Um, third thing is to, is to not make customers wait, to make sure that they can um, get what they need, but don't require them to request it. So the best way to be fast is to be predictive. So for example, in every business, every single business, if I asked you, grab a piece of paper and a pen, and I want you to write down the 50 questions that your customers ask most often. Literally every business owner and manager in the world could do that. Right. Then you go to the FAQ page on their website and there are six questions. Hmm. So if, if there are 44 more that you can identify off the top of your head, why are you not answering those proactively? Right. So all, if you, if you do the, the research on this, a huge percentage of customer questions are repeats, right? That you get the same ones over and over, which is where chatbots can really help. So be proactive about customer communication um, is one of the best ways to be faster. So that's the third part of the system. Got it, audit, reduce variability. Don't, uh, don't wait to, to inform. Fourth one is to set achievable expectations. This is so important. We talked about transportation a moment ago. It's one of the geniuses of, of Uber and Lyft. That whole like driver will be here in six minutes, four minutes, two minutes. That is a huge advantage to, I don't know when he's coming, maybe never. So just the idea of setting expectations, the lack of knowing, the uncertainty is what puts customers on tilt. I ordered the sofa. When's the sofa coming? Sometime between seven and 12 days. Okay, well. Is there a chance we can narrow that down? No, we don't know yet, right? So it, you're much rather saying it'll be 12 days, right? And then if you deliver, and then if you deliver in seven, you're a hero, 
Hooray. Yeah. Right. Um, but people don't do that. That's a huge mistake. A lot of businesses make is they don't want to disappoint the customer. Even though they know for a fact that one of the great keys to business is to under promise and over deliver. We all know that to be true, yet we almost never actually do it in our business. So fix that. That's the fourth one. And the last one, and this is a huge opportunity for us all, is to offer a fast pass. Yeah. Disney does it. Now they call it the lightning lane. Um, TSA pre is a fast pass. Pay more, wait less. Lots of businesses, well, some businesses have this idea of pay more, wait less. But every business should do this. And I mean every business. I don't care if you're a lawyer. I don't care if you're a barber. I don't care if you own a restaurant. I don't care if you own a podcast. I don't care what business you're in. You should offer a fast pass because the research suggests that approximately 25% of your customers will pay 50% more, right? So if you do the math on that, that's a 12.5% revenue increase. So how do you want to make 12.5% more money next year? Here's how to do it. Offer a fast pass. So I do tequila reviews. That's my side hustle. I'm the number two tequila influencer in the world. And brands send me tequila every week. So Jay, can you review my tequila? I say, well, yes, but I've got like a seven week like backlog, but I have a rapid reviews program. So if you pay me some money, I will review your tequila next. Offer a fast pass. That's it. And you, you, you look at some of these actions, um, like looking at don't wait and set achievable expectations. We're yeah. talking about efficiency earlier. Yes. Just implementing those actions will help you be more efficient because you'll have you'll have fewer customer service calls coming in. Right. No, you nailed it, Matt. That's such a smart point, right? Like if you can strip away the burden of all these repeated questions just by letting the customers know the answer before they have to ask you, I mean, like the operational savings there allows you to then redeploy some of that into being faster in your acquisition phase or, or other parts of your business. Right. And then on the flip side, you're looking at, you know, offering the fast pass. Well, then that helps increase your revenue. So you've got ways for some other stuff. Yeah. You, you, you've got efficiency and then you've got increased revenue just from these actions. And look, I've been a consultant for 30 years. I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of, of companies, big and small. I would not put together a, a set of advice unless I knew you could make money at it. Right. I mean, um, so, so trust me when I tell you like every single one of these ideas is not revenue neutral, it's revenue positive. Otherwise, I wouldn't tell you. There you go. Well, so a lot of the examples that we've talked about have been more uh, more consumer-related examples. So I'm curious if your research shows a difference in expectations and speed, whether it's B2C or B2B. Didn't study it uh, in that context per se. Actually working on some new research right now strictly around B2B. But I will tell you this, the impact of responsiveness on revenue is even higher in B2B because when somebody's trying to make a B2B buying decision, the stakes of that of that decision are typically way higher, right? The, the impact is higher. The cost is higher. The cost of doing nothing is higher, i.e. Southwest. Um, so the, everything becomes magnified in its intensity and its importance. Um, and what's interesting is that so many B2B companies could, with relatively easy investment, become the fastest in their category, right? Because 
most companies in B2B are like, yeah, speed's important, but it's not the most important. And um, let's make sure we, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's and go through all these processes. It really is an opportunity to to become the king of the category, to say, look, we're just going to be the one that makes it easier to do business with us. And, and we're going to strip away all that stuff. Um, and I tell you, be, because the revenue impact of a lost deal in B2B is so much higher than the impact of one room service order. Uh, it is absolutely something that B2B should take very, very seriously. Indeed. Oh, of course. That, that makes total sense. All right, Jay, last question for you. If you were to create a five-song soundtrack for The Time to Win, what yes. songs would you include? So this is not strictly for The Time to Win, it's for The Time to Win and myself. And, and this assignment, Matt, was uh, delightful for me. I, I founded the college radio station at my university, the University of Arizona. I uh, was a college radio DJ, uh, et cetera. So, so this was uh, right up my alley. I, I'll do this every week. You just let me know uh, who the guest is, and I'll, I'll work on a playlist. So um, in, in no particular order. Um, so the first one was uh, Right Now by Van Halen. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Second one, we talked about the primacy of telephone. Call Me by Blondie. Nice. Like that. Yep. Uh, third one um, is uh, because I always wear plaid suits. I have 14 different plaid suits. And the meeting planners, when I go give speeches, get to pick out which one I wear on stage. So I'm going to go with Sharp Dressed Band uh, by, <laughs> by ZZ, ZZ Top. Uh, and because I'm a speaker, I'm going to go with a relatively new song, Microphone, by uh, American Authors. That's a good tune. Oh, yeah. And it's all about somebody telling somebody to always be quiet. They're like, no, I need the microphone. I'm like, I, that resonates with me quite a bit. Uh, and the last one, uh, for obvious reasons, uh, a classic by the champs, uh, the tequila song. Love it. Yeah, no, that 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 incorporates um, the time to win and then every yeah, my whole life. It's a 360, yeah. baby. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah so it's a good one. one. I'm actually going to make a playlist of that. I kind of like it. Very cool. Love that. Love that. Yeah, I don't think anyone has included uh, tequila yet. There you well, go. Yes, and, and hopefully never again. <laughs> well, Jay, I have really enjoyed digging into the research. I've Thank learned you. a lot from it. I've learned a lot from talking with you today. But where can people go to learn more? Yeah, so the research has its own website, which has got infographics, videos, uh, key stats, all kinds of things you can download, grab it. It's thetimetowin.com, thetimetowin.com. Excellent. Well, Jay, again, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for your time today. Uh, my pleasure. It was a blast. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Jay Bear. So go and learn more from him at thetimetowin.com. You'll get access to the full research report along with videos, key stats, and simple infographics that you can share with your team to make the case for increasing speed and responsiveness in your customer experience. And if you're a fan of tequila, then you'll definitely want to check out Jay's tequila reviews. Hey, he's the second most popular tequila influencer in the world, so you know he knows his tequila. You can find him on Instagram at tequila Bear. And if you're enjoying the Simple Brand Podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. It's going to make it so much simpler for you to get future episodes like the next one featuring Stephen Hurahan. Stephen's a brand strategist, consultant, and the CEO and founder of Brand Master Academy. And he's the host of one of my favorite branding podcasts, the Brand Master Podcast. Stephen's helped over 20,000 people transform their businesses and their clients' businesses by leveraging simple brand strategy frameworks and processes. 
And Stephen and I discuss his lessons all around what branding and brand strategy truly are and how you can use his processes and framework to create a highly sought-after brand. Spoiler alert, branding is not just about pixels and logos. So go ahead and subscribe. You'll automatically get Stephen's episode as soon as it's live. Until then, keep it simple. Keep it simple.